0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London. A church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. So, last week, we took opportunity to speak to the ladies about how to identify a good-looking Christian Man. <laughs> then a few days later, on a Thursday night, we all got together here, same place, different room, in our community group, our midweek community group on Thursday night to discuss some of those issues that came up. Um, I can't say I'm saddened to say, but I suppose... A part of me was just a little bit saddened. I suppose it is the word. It is the word. I think that it was about seventy-five to eighty percent female, and it was about twenty to twenty-five percent, roughly. Would that would that be fair? A fair estimate um, in terms of males who turned up. So obviously the the men were in the minority, which we which we'd ex- expect because men are in the minority. Um, naturally speaking, um, and um, statistically speaking. But it would have been nice if there were more guys, you know what I mean? I wonder what's going to happen, Pastor E asked the question, I wonder what's going to happen this Thursday night as we aim to speak to the men about the ladies. Marriage Matters Part 3 and today we're going to be in Titus chapter 2, if you want to turn there. Just a few verses, which don't necessarily mean much with regards to how long it's going to take. <laughs> See yeah, uh, 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 Oh, no, that's not what I meant. I meant I'm just coming to terms with my own shortcomings with regards to my inability for brevity. That's what I meant. Hey. Wow, it seems like you guys come ready for action today, boy. Was that the men or was that the women? Anyway. Marriage Matters Part 3, Titus 2, if you turn there, please. Hmm. You want to hear the title for today's message? You ready for this? Remember last, what was last week's again? Good-looking Christian men, here we go. (laughs) Drop-dead gorgeous Christian women. Drop dead gorgeous Christian women. Question Who wants one? Amen, Amen, my brother over there. I see a few hands. Praise the Lord. So right. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in him. Amen. That's all the married men them said. Amen. A drop dead gorgeous. Christian woman who has one put your hand up all right then I got all right I see man waving their hand in on (laughs) it I see newly married man (laughs) signaling the plane boy (laughs) go on go on amen (laughs) amen brother amen drop dead gorgeous Christian woman who wants to be one hey Bam, i got some mad participation today. Praise the Lord. All right, then. Good for you, ladies. <laughs> <coughs> Fellas, drop dead gorgeous Christian women. Fellas, you're not the kind of woman, yeah, that causes you to collapse. You might, can you guys hear me? Can you Can hear me loud and clear? Yeah, loud and clear. You might need to turn me up just a little bit more. Fellas, you know the the kind of woman that causes you to collapse and make you get all confused? (laughs) The kind of woman that will make you crash your car. Now, are we talking about what is commonly known as a supermodel? No. We're talking about a supernatural model of godliness. Can I get a witness? All right then. Fellas, you're with me. Now, we're all quite familiar with the story of Cinderella. How many of you know that Cinderella was beautiful? But it wasn't it wasn't initially outwardly evident was it that she was beautiful? It wasn't initially outwardly Evident, it wasn't until a a time much later that her real beauty began to be displayed. Now, this should be an encouragement to the ladies. Fellas, are you able to see past the immediate current externals? Is a question. Again, hopefully, this should be encouraging for the ladies. Because in Christ, every single one of you got a Cinderella in you. But, but here's a warning, fellas. Just because there are loads of women around, statistically speaking, just because there are loads of women around in terms of quantity, doesn't mean that there are loads of women around in terms of quality. Last week, we said if a man wants to find a woman The church is the best place to come. And that is true. But at the same time, there needs to be an element of caution. See, church girls aren't always the best girls. But we aren't talking about just any church girl or any girl that goes to church. Proverbs 31 says... An excellent wife, who can find? I mean, it doesn't sound like they're, they're all over the place. An excellent wife, who can find? She's far more precious than, than jewels, than diamonds. And how many of you have seen diamonds lying around the place? You don't. See, just because there are quote-unquote... So many women to choose from. Because there's an overabundance in the church and there's always a majority in the church, apart from the church that we heard about on a community group, right? The other night. Where's Richard? You know what I mean? We heard about this church where it's like 70% men and 30% women. What an anomaly. (laughs) We started asking questions about that church. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, you know what I'm saying? It's like, There aren't quote-unquote, although there are loads of women around, there aren't necessarily loads of women around. Not excellent women. Fellas. She actually isn't as easy to find as we might think. Drop-dead gorgeous Christian women, that is. You in Titus chapter 2? All right, let's read. Our verses are just 3 to 5, but let's read verse 1 to 6, and then we'll pray. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, speaking to Titus, this is Paul, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine, They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you give clear definition and distinction as to the difference between men and women and that which you expect from us. Father, would you help to further clarify that in our understanding and not just in our understanding with regards to our heads and our minds, but Father, in our hearts and that that might be outworked visibly one for all the world to see in order that the gospel of Jesus Christ might be adorned but father also that so that we as individuals might enjoy your very best for our lives whether we're married or single in Jesus name would you help us as we continue to consider how much marriage matters amen paul the apostle is the author of this letter <clears throat> And he's writing to Titus, who he has left in a place called Crete. Anyone been to Crete, the island? He's left them in Crete to oversee the churches. In chapter 1, Paul's emphasis is particularly on godly character with regards to leaders in 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 contrast to false teachers. Good godly teachers in contrast to false teachers. And he talks about that which should identify those who are Properly qualified versus those who are unqualified. That's chapter 1. and Here in chapter 2, it seems as if Paul's emphasis is narrowed down now from the church leaders to the church members. And Titus, says Paul, is to teach four categories of people within the church membership. Four categories of people in, in this particular church, and this we would argue um, applies to every church, including our church past, present, and future. This letter is for the church. And here are the four categories of people in the church. You might have heard them as I read through the text. Four categories in the church that Pastor Titus is to teach. First of all, older men verse 2. Second, older women, verse 3. Then younger women, where? Verse 4, thank you. Then younger men, in verse 6. And what is he to teach? In contrast to the false teachers in chapter 1, sound doctrine. Look at verse 1. But as for you, Titus, You teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now verse 2 we see our first group. The older men. Older men are to be sober minded. Dignified. Self controlled. Sound in faith. And in love. And in steadfastness. Now if you like this could be seen as an addendum or an addition to last week's message for the men. Six additional specific character traits or character attributes that need to be cultivated in the life of the mature, good-looking, godly man. These contribute, these contribute to making him, to making you, to making me a good-looking Christian man. Now, the Bible is very precise in its distinction, as I prayed, and definition of the difference, differences between men and women, isn't it? There ought not to be any confusion as to what he must be and what she must be. And so, moving, moving on swiftly to the ladies. right? We're not going to spend no time in those verses. That's for the man them, right? As I mentioned earlier, the aim is to speak to the men... Within earshot of the ladies. See, this way you can you can you can you can, you can speak quite strongly, I'd think, because it's indirect. I think <laughs> we'll see in <isn't> it <laughs> if I get stoned up here. Then obviously the p- the plan never worked. So, fellas, I'm gonna talk to you as the ladies listen in, and when I say ladies, I mean two groups. I mean mature. Ladies, and then also, I mean, younger ladies, two categories out of our four, right? <clears throat> Notice, guys, that this doesn't necessarily speak to the very young ladies, which are I, 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 I would put into the loose category loose category of probably under 18s, you know what I mean? Um. I say loose category. You'll see why in a minute. Also, for the sake of clarity, so mature ladies and younger ladies we're going to be speaking to, also, just for the sake of clarity, I'm talking to all the single ladies. Don't put your hand up. But then again, maybe you should, so that the new men in the church can identify who's available, right? I don't know. I'm talking to all the single ladies... And also the married ladies, which is pretty much every female in the room, right? So let's go. The first category the text speaks to is mature ladies. Notice verse 3 in contrast to verse 4. Older women contrasted to younger women. I mean, if you've got a Bible and you can join me, that would be really helpful. Older women contrasted to younger women. Fellas, can you see that? Fellas... You need to see this so that you know what to look for in a woman if you're a single man. But also, if you are a married man, you need to know what to pray for for your wife so that these things can become a reality in in her. That is, if she hasn't begun to display these qualities as yet which I suspect many of our, of our married women do as much as our single women do. But husbands if your wives are not displaying some of these, ca- these characteristics she needs you to pray for her. You need to pray for her. Yeah she needs you to pray for her. So that she will either continue To look drop-dead gorgeous. Or she can begin to develop in that fashion. Amen. Okay, so let's define this godly gorgeousness. Verse 3. Older women likewise are to be... Because remember, he just spoke to to the older guys. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior. Older women, which... Again, I think breaks down into a few categories in terms of older women, if you like. You've got some older women who are in the, the later stages of life, right? Pensioners, possibly. Elderly widows, possibly. Grand- grandmothers, maybe even great-grandmothers. That's one category of older women. Then you've got another category of older women who are mothers of older children. They may not necessarily be grandmothers yet, but they've got big kids. Right? They're, if you like, between the ages of 35 and maybe 60. Right? That's a second category of older women. Then you've got another category of older women that we'd suggest. They're older, not necessarily in age, but they're older in maturity. And we have them right here in our church. Deaconesses. And I'm saying servants in the church. We have team leaders who are who are women. They're not necessarily older in a, in a literal sense but they're older in terms of their maturity you know and I'm saying and they're, and they're setting an example older women like the older men are to be an example for others to follow or to emulate now look at this after reverent in behavior what's, that, what's, that, what's, what's, what's the next one not slanderers not slanderers shows you what they should be, but here's, a, here's what they ought not to be. To slander means to accuse someone in public or in private. To accuse someone, it's actually do you know what the root word for this word slander is diabolos. You know what that. What does that sound like? That's exactly what it is. It's diabolical. Because it's the same word we get our word devil. It's deep in it. To slander, it's and it's and it's the the word for the devil's got many different names, isn't he? One of them begins with S, just like slander, right? And it's Satan, and basically it's with reference to the fact that he is the accuser he's the one that points the finger and accuses an individual in revelation chapter 12 verse starting at verse 7 it says now war arose in heaven which is pretty much why we have all the wars that are going on down here right Michael and his angels fighting against, okay, wait a minute, the dragon. Who's the dragon? It's another one of his AKAs, isn't it? He, the, the devil is also known as the dragon, and Michael fights against him and his angels, the dragon's angels, fight back. But he was defeated, verse 8, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven, Right, That's the dragon and his angels. And the great dragon, not just the dragon, the great dragon was thrown down. Oh, here we go. Another title. That ancient serpent. Ancient serpent. Who's that? And where do we find him referenced as the serpent? In Genesis, in the garden. Right? Genesis chapter 3. That old serpent, that ancient from time immemorial, right? who is called the devil and Satan, just in case you didn't believe me. The deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Where to? Uh Uh-oh. Down on the earth, you know. Hey. Verse 10, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power of and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers, notice the what? The accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them. How often? You ever felt accused? Day and night before our God. Now, what does this remind you of? This reminds me immediately of Job chapter 1. Because notice, it says he accuses the Saints, day and night before God. Remember, remember Satan standing before God, accusing Job in Job chapter one. The same thing happens happens in Zechariah chapter three to a high priest whose name is Joshua. Same thing happens, and, and Satan is there accusing before God. Now in these two instances, the thing is, (laughs) the thing is that what Satan actually says is true. Because we see as we read through the book of Job that Job, you know, he was a good godly man. But how many of you know Job had issues? He had a lot of pride. And sometimes, you know, just quickly, sometimes that's why the Lord allows difficult circumstances to come into our lives, doesn't he? So that he can expose those areas in our lives where we're proud you oh, know, I know the Lord's just got me on so many counts and I'm sure there's more coming, you know what I'm saying? So the Lord has shown me that the arrogance in my life. <clears throat> but just like, just like Job, in terms of Zechariah 3, Joshua, he's standing there guilty. How do we know that? Because he's standing there in filthy garments. In these two instances... What Satan says has an element of truth in it. See, not all slander is false accusation. Some is, but a lot is actually highlighting true failings. But wait a minute. Who is accusing here? It's, here's another, here's another, one of, another one of his titles, Lucifer. Lucifer is the one who's accusing here, but he's the same one who was thrown out of heaven. I mean, you get thrown out of somewhere initially, I mean, just on the surface, that don't sound good, right? See the man in a pub brawl, get trolled, trolled him out. It's just not a good look, right? Something happened that wasn't caught. Wasn't cool. And he's the one that was thrown out of heaven for sedition that is inciting others to rebellion. And I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, not only is he that is Lucifer, the devil, and Satan. Not only is he the chief of sinners. Talk about Paul saying, "I'm the chief of sinners." In First, Lucifer is the chief of sin. I mean, he's the original sinner. He he's in the Guinness Book of Records for being the first, and he holds the record for the longest standing. I mean, he hasn't repented for over six thousand years. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're standing there accusing Job. You're standing there accusing Job. You're standing there accusing Joshua. It's funny that he doesn't see his own sin. That's scary, isn't it? When you can't see your own sin. Fellas, be aware of a lady who is always pointing out flaws or mistakes in others. But they don't seem to see their own flaws. And isn't that just like the devil? He's got issues bigger than anyone else, right? But instead of dealing with his own sin, he's there pointing a the finger at others. Luke chapter 6 helps us verse 41 to 42 why do you see the speck that is in your brother or your sister's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye yeah. how can you say to your brother or your sister sis let me take up the speck that's in your eye when you yourself do not see the log That is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Ain't it? It's not that the other person. Ain't got a log. Ain't got a speck. They have. It's not denying that. What you're saying is probably true. But. But it's being hypocritical. If you're pointing it out in someone else. And you're not actually looking at. Your own issues. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother or in your sister's eye. Fellas, we know that we have a tendency, right, to be used by the devil in very dark ways. You only got to look at Peter. I was going to say you only have to look at me, but you only have to look at Peter to see that that is true. Jesus is like I mean, he switches on him and he he doesn't even speak to Peter. He speaks to the devil that's speaking through Peter and says, Satan, get behind me. Fellas, we have that evidently, it's in the text. It's in the text. But you know what? Girls can act devilishly too. So let's lovingly challenge our ladies if, hey, I ain't pointing, I mean, I'd I'd be just as bad as Lucifer if I'm pointing a finger up here. You know what I mean? If our ladies are caught slandering and they're accusing others in this fashion, urge that lady to go and speak to the person being accused. Matthew 18, right? We want our women to be gorgeously godly, being slanderous makes them very, very ugly. Fellas, we want them to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Or, the next one is slaves to much wine. Now notice, it doesn't say a woman needs to be teetotal, right? It doesn't say that she can't drink alcohol. She can in moderation, as long as she doesn't get drunk. And I think, I remember us having a conversation about just being even careful with how we define drunk. Because I think if you have two or three glasses of wine, although you've got your equilibrium, you can't drive. Because if the police stop you and pull you over and you're over the limit, although you quote-unquote are under control. So it's hard to define what it means to be drunk. You know what I mean? But I think we all know. It's like my, 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 I heard my brother giving my son advice when it comes to drinking, and I had to say, hmm, I like that. He said to, my brother said to, to, to it's my junior brother, he said, to, he said to my son, Jordan, he said, you know what, Jordan, there's probably no point me saying to you, you mustn't drink. Now, it's taken me years to learn this one, I ain't got time to explain, but I do think it's true. He says, I'm not going to tell you not to drink because that's going to be a madness. You're 18, going to be 19 soon. But he said, look, remember the free drink rule. If you go out and you're with your friends and whatever, and you're going to have a drink, fair enough. But then when you have the second drink, be conscious and cognizant of the fact that the next one is the last one. Just remember that, the free drink rule. Because after free, you know what I'm saying? You start drifting off into very dangerous territory. For some, I've heard it said that, you know what I'm saying? Once, once they hit a certain amount, then there's no turning back. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really good advice, you know what I'm saying, in, a, in living in a real world, right? So it's like, fellas, don't go OTT, right? Old phrase, right? Old vernacular. Don't go over the top when your wife has a, a white wine spritzer. You know what I mean? Or you go out for a meal and she orders a red, a red wine with her steak. Or at a wedding, <laughs> which we've seen many. Wed- weddings, not, 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 not drunkards. Weddings, <laughs> right? I, I feel like I have to c- clarify everything today, Carl. I can obviously be very easily misunderstood in my l- lack of ability to communicate clearly. So, I mean, hey, at, at a wedding... Don't get angry with her because she actually drinks her champagne, like the whole glass. Relax. I, I've had to tell myself this. You know, only because I was very extreme in my perspectives, and I think a bit unrealistic in how I used to function. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm still learning, I would argue. Relax and breathe. Jesus turned water into wine. Lots of it. At a wedding. In John chapter 2. Sometimes we husbands can find ourselves fighting the wrong battles. The slander issue is a much bigger issue than a glass of wine. May God help us as husbands and potential husbands to know which hill to die on. Because there are some. And speaking about potential husbands, especially those coming up in the next generation, and I'd say kind of age between 16 and 24, again, kind of that category that my son falls into, and quite a lot of us here as parents, we have children in that age category. You know, this next generation, when it comes to alcohol, if I'm honest, I'm I'm terrified for you. Can I make some comments on the current trend of female drinkers? Because we're talking to the ladies, right? Oh, did that come up twice? Okay, three times even. Have a look at this. In the old days, a girl would cook like her mother, now she drinks like her father. Yeah. I suppose initially it sounds funny. But um Yeah. In the old days a girl would cook like her mother, now she drinks like her father. Here's another one. Have you heard of the Ladette? Ladette culture. The emergence of young women who regularly binge drink to levels comparable with their male counterparts became so ingrained in the British public's consciousness that the term "ladette" was invented to describe those young women who behave in a boisterously assertive or crude manner and engage in heavy drinking sessions. But this isn't just a young ladies issue. It also affects the older ladies too. Under the title Women in the Workplace, the culture of drinking to excess also made its way into the workplace, where marked changes in attitudes and behaviour towards alcohol saw women in various professions taking advantage of the increased number of opportunities to drink than previous generations. Furthermore, with the number of women in work at historically high levels and the gender pay gap narrowing over recent decades, the notion of women sharing a drink with colleagues after work has become more socially acceptable. And it goes on. To say, it is for reasons such as these that the workplace has had an important influence on female drinking habits. Statistics show that in 2011, UK statistics, women in managerial and professional positions in particular, not only consumed more units of alcohol than the average female, but also drank more frequently during the week. These are statistics from the the Office for National Statistics. It's really sad to see teenage binge drinking, teenage binge drinkers, I mean, slurping whole bottles of wine, whole bottles of vodka, neat. It's sad to see, it's sad to see middle-aged professional women with serious drinking habits but it's a real tragedy to see older women who ought to be setting an example. Actually become slaves, it says in the text, to much wine. Exactly what the scripture warns against. Now, I know this, we know this in our family because my, my, my wife's mum is an alcoholic or a, a recovering alcoholic. And you know, it's had... Devastating consequences contributing even to the breakdown of our marriage, resulting in my wife, who was only age seven at the time, being caught in the middle of a horrible, destructive divorce. And you know what, don't ever think for a minute that it can't happen to you. First Corinthians 10 says, "Take heed when you think you stand." lest you fall. A word of wisdom to the husbands. See, we want our women to be in a state of soberness and clear-headedness. A word of wisdom to the husbands. Don't do crazy things that can drive your spouse to drink. Support your wife at home with the kids, innit? I mean, unless you're a dad, a good-looking Christian dad who knows what it is to have to, oh my gosh, it's 3.20 and I have to pick up the kids from school at 3.30. If you ain't had that experience where you're dashing out the house, running down the road or in the car, trying your best to stay at 30 miles an hour, even though you need to be somewhere like five minutes ago, if you ain't had that experience as a man, you need that experience. So that you can feel what it's like to be a woman who has to deal with that every single day. If you're not, if you're not helping and supporting around the house, some men don't know how to use the washing machine. They just think it's some big white box in the kitchen. Don't know. It's like, you see your wife having to struggle to. Pile up the washing machine, tutus, the sinks full of dishes, you know and I'm saying, you, as you look out the window, the garden needs, the the, 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 the the grass needs cutting. Them things, it, it's like them the t- them things would drive a woman to drink. <coughs> she needs help. Now, I, I suppose I'm supposed to be speaking to the ladies, right? But. Paint the room that she's been asking you to paint for the past two years, before you drive the poor woman to the bottle. And I'm, buy her that nice designer dress that she's been talking about, that you've been ignoring her about. See, ladies, I'm, I know we're going in hard, but I got your back innit? it. I got your back, man. <laughs> I no, said, so stay focused, you know. I <laughs> said, stay focused. Let's not shift the focus, amen? All right, then, Parson. But seriously, seriously, let's heed the warning of Scripture. And we will see how this problem of alcohol leads to the next one in a moment. How are these older women to conduct themselves reverent in behavior, Not slanderers or slaves to much wine. On the contrary, look at the end of verse 3. They are to do what? Can you see how older women have a responsibility? They are to teach what is good and so train the younger women. Like we don't live in a vacuum, do we? Everything we do affects somebody. And here we see, you know, you've got negative peer pressure, but here we see positive peer pressure. And it's explicitly evident that the older woman should teach and instruct the younger woman, the younger women. And it's material and method. It's, it's content and constructive course of action. In a word, it's discipleship. Now, we want to be a healthy church, right? Right? That is faithful on mission. But the middle piece is in order for us to do what in order for us to do that, we need to be, need to be equipped to disciple. Because that's going to contribute to having a healthy church. But it's also going to contribute to us being faithful on mission, being equipped to disciple. Last night we had our monthly men's ministry. And certain and, and so, so men was like, oh man, I forgot forgot about men's ministry. Put it in your diary, innit? We ain't really got no excuses nowadays because we get excited about the new iPhone, right? The new release, iOS 8. It's like, we can, you can put this stuff in your phone so it jumps up and it reminds you a day before. Put it in your phone. So we had men's ministry last night. And we also have a monthly women's specific meeting. Specific ministry. And both are banging. And are being further developed. To be, to be even more banging. And more helpful. And you play a part. In developing that. And if you know. You can't have much influence. If, if you're not there. Question. Husbands of older wives. This is ladies. Who are in the 40s. 50s. Are your wives inclined to have fellowship with other ladies? Willing to take younger women under their wing? Now, we're all nervous, is it, about kind of the whole mentoring thing and teaching others Like I don't know nothing myself and I don't really know the Bible and we're all nervous about that. Like for, for 11 years, me, Pastor E and Pastor P, I've been saying, oh my gosh, we got to lead people. We got to pastor people. We got to shepherd people. We need shepherding ourselves. But you get to a point where you just say, all right, I'm just going to do what I can do in it. Jesus said in Matthew 28, teach, teach teaching others to observe all that I've taught you. All he might have taught you is John 3.16. You might have only got saved last week. Well, teach somebody John 3.16, it, And between now and the next week you meet up, learn John (laughs) 3.17. So you've got something else to share with them. See, this is, this is the reality of, of, of the Christian. This is the reality of being a Christian slash disciple. They're synonymous. You know what I mean? And may God help us and encourage us. <clears throat> old, old husbands, are your wives inclined to take a younger woman under their wing? And not just fellowship. I mean, because that's a big thing. Just for, for, for people to be in fellowship seems to be a big thing. It ought not to be the case. And I'm saying, but they're not just being in fellowship, but having a willingness to teach, to train, and to instruct the younger ladies. Fellas, we've got to help our ladies. And it's not, you know what I'm saying, doing the job of the accuser and slandering and pointing a finger at them, but it's doing what we can to support and encourage our our ladies because they have a lot to give, you know. That woman sitting next to you, if, if you're married and she's here, she, she's got a lot to give. She's got much that we need, particularly the younger women. Sadly, there are some ladies here that have never engaged with, with women's ministry. You need to. Husbands, this is your turn to nudge them and say, you need to, gently. Oh, you don't know your, your own strength sometimes. <laughs> See, and to some degree, <clears throat> the marriage, your marriage potentially depends on it. Because they may hear something in a meeting that will ch- absolutely, totally, radically transform their lives. The women's ministry has been functioning here for years, and I commend the older ladies. I commend you who, who run it and are now seeking to further develop it. Tip my hat to you, ladies. Now, let me take the opportunity to hit three birds with one stone. Squawk if I lick you, right? <laughs> you might hear me squawk, I don't know. Older ladies... Get involved and share your great experience, positive or negative. See, there's no excuse. You can share positive experience. You can share your negative experience with the younger ladies. Help them. Help. Younger ladies, that's one stone. That's No, same stone, one bird, second bird. Younger ladies, especially single ladies who haven't got any children. Avail yourselves. You got no excuse to not be available and I'm saying to come to a place of fellowship where you are only going to be benefited. But then also young men, I'm going to hit you as well with this stone and let me give you some advice, especially the single men. We have space on the rota for helpers in four areas in our little church here. And they all involve looking after children. One, the children's ministry here on a Sunday. Two, the women's ministry, a monthly ministry, right, that takes place. Where we're trying to help and support the ladies. Like Pastor P's been doing it for goodness me, X amount of years. Over up at the Adventure Playground, because normally it's in Dulwich at Pastor P and Sarah's, right? And then Pastor P will take the kids up to the Adventure Playground. Now he's one of the pastors. He's an older man setting an example, not fundamentally to the younger women, but to the younger men. Now Pastor P's going to Dulwich. (laughs) We here at Lewisham can't be expecting Calvary Chapel in Dulwich to be taking responsibility like that. So... Do, do we not want to support our women? I mean, do we not see them as valuable? Don't, it's like husbands, don't we want to see our women involved in a ministry that's going to help them, develop them, bless them, help them to benefit others and indirectly benefit your marriage? The third thing is we have now our Marriage Matters Enrichment Ministry. If you haven't heard, it's next Saturday here at the LCM building in Lewisham and we're going to uh, get all the married couples together and we're going to have a time of rich, enriching fellowship, bolstering the unbreakable bond of marriage. But how many of you know married people got kids? Now at this point it's only over fives, no babies to take care of. But we're trying to in- encourage um, husbands and wives to sort out their, their own child care under fives. But the over fives, we can have them in the back room and we can play I mean, we can, we, can, we can play a video. You, you, all you've got to do is set up the video and the projector so the kids can just watch a film while their mums and dads are in here having their marriages benefited. Who knows if a marriage isn't benefited this year where it will be next year and how it will affect those children. I'm saying, like, I'm asking, I'm, I'm, it's a credit to you young men and that's free, that's free. Children's ministry, women's ministry, marriage ministry, and it's bi-monthly. It's like, every, it's like eight, once every eight weeks. We could put a rota together. My maths ain't that great, but I think if we had a rota of about five men, you'd be on once a year. The fourth area is youth ministry, which is bi-weekly. And all of them areas, youth, it needs help. I mean, I was gonna say for crying out loud, it's, it's women that are leading it. So honestly, there are a handful of young men and I'm not, you know, I don't want to browbeat or bludgeon those who are already serving. I need to held them up and say thank you and respect You know what I mean, because there are some young men who are giving themselves to these areas of ministry and in a very faithful fashion. And our concern, my concern as a pastor is that them guys are going to get burnt out. Now, they shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? As they, as they, as they obviously depend on Jesus to meet their needs, but it does happen where you, you get a bit tired sometimes. You know what I mean? And um, but there are a handful of, <clears throat> there are quite a few of you who don't understand simple logic. Because f- look, it works like this: you want to be married. Which eventually, probably, will lead to having children. Naturally, or through adoption or fostering. Because it's, it's becoming kind of popular now, right? By the way, shout out to Will and Cal, who had their little boy last week. And also to Phil and Becky, who had their little boy yesterday. Yesterday, they sat there morning, four o'clock in the morning. <coughs> Both had baby boys. Hmm. As a single man in your late teens, in your early 20s, just to make it clear. But even the older guys, too, you've got opportunity to get some practice. Like under this, obviously, under the supervised eye of someone mature, but you've got opportunity to learn and have first hand experience at that which is only going to come into your life anyway. Because all of you want to get married. Start using your head, bruv. And stop being influenced by the culture where men don't do kids. Jesus loves kids. And I thought we were trying to be like Jesus who said, suffer the little children to come to me when everyone was running them. I tell you, you've been married within a year, bruv. Ain't nothing more attractive to a woman than a man who loves kids. And you want to know something else? It's quiet in here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about, we talk about a, young, a man being attractive to a woman. Ain't nothing more attractive than a woman that loves kids. Ain't nothing more drop-dead gorgeous from God's point of view. That a woman who loves kids and her husband. Look at one of the first things on the list that's mentioned in regards to the young women. Verse 4. That they're to love their husbands and children. You would think that that goes without say. But just like we saw last week in Ephesians 5. Men are instructed to love their wives. You're like, huh? Surely that's a no-brainer. But sadly, it doesn't go without say because there are many instances where this isn't happening. Actually, what we see is the opposite. <clears throat> Have a look again at another slide. <clears throat> this is the Mail Online. And um, it's the UK Adultery Survey 2012. Check this. Women beat men in the adultery stakes. Ladies who cheat have 2.3 secret lovers compared to 1.8 for the blokes. Research into the behavior of 4,000 cheats. It's quite a lot, of, that's quite an extensive little poll. Research into the behavior of 4,000 cheats claims women are more promiscuous having an average of 2.3 secret lovers compared to a mere 1.8 for men. Emily Pope of Undercover Lovers, a dating site, check it, for married people seeking affairs with with some 600, over half a million members said the results of the survey challenged the commonly held view that men are more adulterous than women. However, now listen to this. However, the research also found that many adulterers are hypocrites. More than 40% of women and almost 30% of men would ask for a divorce if they discovered their spouse was having an affair. Talk about hypocrisy. That's the, that's, that's the state of affairs. Now, one of the benefits of having an older... Wiser woman, ladies, to provide advice and guidance is experience. Experience. Sometimes, as I said, sometimes positive experience some, and sometimes, sadly, negative. Positive. I know a couple that had been married for over 60 years. It was a gentleman who spoke to my wife before we were married, when we were just going out with each other, before we got saved. And I mean, And he shared the gospel with her, and through him sharing it with her, I was exposed to the gospel. we both got saved. This couple, married, not 60 years old. They're 90. He's, is he 92, Helen? Sixty years they've been married. And you know what? Helen and myself, just this meet, this, this week, met with a couple um, who are in their 60s who were able to give us advice on relating to our adult children. We're reading a book at the moment. I struggle with the topic, with the title. I can't lie. It's called You Never Stop Being a Parent. <laughs> There's me feeling like, rah, you know what, I just got to make it. I'm just hanging in there till the 18. And then I'll be free. <laughs> Ain't nothing further from the truth. But we were able to sit down with a much older couple who have got what? Experience. And they've been able to talk to us and walk with us and help us. You know then I'm saying? Where well, we're challenged in, 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 in different difficult areas. But now that's, a, that's positive in a sense. that. But you know what? Do you know that there's wisdom in negative experience? I know two 50-year-old plus mothers... Who had children when they were teenagers, who were able to share the grief and the tears based on their bad experiences. As an older individual, your positive and your good experiences, as well as even your negative experiences, can be a blessing and a benefit to help someone else, especially someone who's younger, particularly, potentially heading in the same trajectory. Positive or negative, that can prove to be invaluable to a younger mother, older ladies, or a potential mother who could possibly be spared the heartache of a premature sexual relationship. This is where we live You can see how pertinent this message is for our day and age. Look at verse 5. I've got to keep moving. To be, as well as the others, self-controlled. Let me deal with all of these at the same time. To be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind. We're going to have a lot to talk about come community group, innit? Because I'm not going to have the time to deal with all of these. How many of you know that women are getting as bad as the men? I mean, we see that, right? Just Mail Online, see it there. UK adultery survey. Women are getting as bad as the men. Back in the day, it used to be men behaving. It used to be men behaving badly. Now we have women behaving badly. I'm like, like women f- they're fighting like men in that picture. You know what I mean? Did you know up until the 60s? This type of behavior was frowned upon. It, this type of behavior, it broke with etiquette. This type of behavior, it wasn't consistent with decorum. Now women, they want to do everything that a man does in the name of equality. When you hear the song, I'm going to put the lyrics up there, car. You can help me. When you hear the song, I'm drinking rum and Red Bull. Check it. All right, hear the rest of the song, it? <laughs> Hennessy let, let my heart full. Them want me get awful. Like them on the dance floor get crawful. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> maybe it's the lyrics website. I got it off. They, they misrepresented the lyric. Hopefully no one in here can't tell me the lyric. Amen. Verse one says, "Look, listen to the lyrics. We start the day with a, we start the day with a flask, cranberry with ice in a glass. Satellite can't find me. Wait a minute, me loss. <laughs> Buy me own liquor car. Me and me own boss. Drink for drunk. That me in dos." Oh, I mean, oh, oh, but I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure. Sh- hmm. After the flask, then we move to the bar. Tell the bartender the billaries start. Coconut, rum me use wash off me heart. What? I mean, we we, not, we, we do need our hearts cleansed by the Spirit. But not that kind of spirit. If you hide and drink, then you must get caught. All right, there's some truth in there, isn't it? Verse 2. Yeah, I'm going to kill you with it. Trust me. Verse 2. You want to know what I'm drinking? Appleton and Pepsi and I'm a cop. How are you thinking? Now, you know, I don't even know the song in the sense that I know that I'm actually trying to to remember the melody of the song and trying to... Everyone is a star. We live like kingpin. Really? Sometimes me muggle with a, a fatty or a slim ting. <laughs> now nah, stop drinking. Oh. How much can you drink? Fill up my copper, huh? let me think. So what? You can only think when your cup's full. Pure sexy girl, uh, give me a wink. <laughs> Put her in the car, well tinned. Moses, I express himself to people, pun the link. I don't, even I need an interpreter for this song. <laughs> now hear this. The thing is this. When you hear that tune in a dance, who's singing the loudest? The women are singing the loudest. Women behaving badly. Women acting like men. Women bodybuilders. What's that all about? (laughs) What is that all? You know, back in the day, yeah, I think I heard Yakov Press say this. Back in the day, only men smoked cigars and drank brandy. Not now. Ain't no difference. And I can sense, maybe not in here, but maybe, but I can sense that ugly spirit, that ugly spirit of feminism beginning to flex and tense its muscles in anger. As, uh, like how dare I even begin to talk about... Because it sounds as if I'm attacking... It sounds as if I'm attacking women's rights. It sounds as if I'm attacking... More to the point, as if I'm attacking attacking women's liberation. It's all right. Remember my opening story? Feminism is one of the ugly sisters of our culture. She can't stand up next to scintillating Cinderella. Feminism is one of the ugly sisters that doesn't please the prince. And anyway, our foot's too big, isn't it? It wouldn't fit in a shoe. <laughs> Verse 5. I've got to move. To be... The woman needs to be... I'm talking about the ugly sister in the story. I'm talking about the ugly sister in the story. Huh. I'm, I don't know if I... Am I going to make it off the, Out of the room. I'm going to make it off the stage. I'm going to make it out the building. Wow. You guys are misunderstanding me today. Lord, help me. These are the attributes. Look, to be self-controlled, verse 5, pure, working at home. Doesn't mean that she can't work outside the home, right? But the home is the priority. Amen? And kind. These are attributes and character traits that identify a gorgeous, godly woman. Don't let MTV tell you any different. And finally, at least in terms of this list here in Titus, now remember, this list isn't completely conclusive because we've got 1 Peter chapter 3 that deals with issues relating to, to women. We've got 1 Timothy chapter 3 that deals with issues relating to women. So this is, not, this is not conclusive, but one of the most important attributes is that at least as far as the married woman is concerned, at the end of verse 5, it is to also be submissive to their own husband. Submissive. To their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Submission, it's a dirty word nowadays, especially with the, like I said, that big massive push towards feminism. Submission, the complete and opposite to this 20th century liberalism. You ever heard about Margaret Sanger? I began to mention her at community group, and you know what? Again, we don't, you're not ready for Margaret Sanger. Trust me. And we ain't got time. You look her up. I'm sure we'll come back to her at some point. Submission. It's one of the most undebatable doctrines in Scripture. In reference to how wives are to, are to relate to their husbands, remember we. We looked at it last week, Ephesians 5, verse 22 to 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands. This is, the Bible is replete. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, In everything to their husbands are supposed to balance the everything. Because you might be like, well, what if my husband's telling me to do things that are not right, not good, not godly? Well, Colossians 3 says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. So there are going to be those things, obviously, that your husband tell you to do. You don't do it. You know what I mean? Um, Because it may not be fitting. So that there's no room for abuse, amen? Now, as we done. As for the men last week, you... As a woman, you as a woman, you're not being asked to do anything that Jesus himself doesn't do. Reverent in behavior, not slanderous, not a slave to much wine, teaching what is good, loving, self-controlled, pure, working in a, in a defined environment. you be like, oh no, what do you mean I'm more responsible for the home, I'm the, ha- the household manager. Well, Jesus had to, had to work in a defined role. He had to humble himself and become a man. You want, you want to be more restricted than that and you're God? Kind and totally submitted, submitted, submission, submitted to the Father. This, as I said before, is another picture, just like the man is. Is another picture in scripture of God, God made man and woman in his image. Why would it be strange then that the man looks like God and the woman looks like God? And Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. This is another picture in scripture of Christ. And how he, ladies, how he humbled himself. You humbling yourself only makes you look like Jesus. He humbled himself to what degree? Even to the point of death. On the cross for our sins. We're all sinners. And Jesus submitted himself to the Father so that we might be forgiven of our sins if we put our trust in him and we turn away from those sins. If we repent and put our trust in him. Amen. Now, just before we pray, if you have any questions or stuff that's concerning you, just come to community group, innit? Just come to community group on Thursday night here in the back room so we can discuss this further and we can can further apply it Let me pray. I'm not sure if the band are going to come and join me. It's all good if you don't. Um, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us not to be as ladies like the devil. He doesn't want to repent and he doesn't want to submit. He ought to repent and he ought to submit to your loving authority, yet he refuses to and he chooses not to. But Father, we see the antithesis of that. We see the contrast of that in Jesus, who's willing to humble himself and submit to you, Father, to your will, like in the garden. Father, take this cup away from me. It doesn't mean that ladies can't express their concern. They can't express the the challenge and the difficulty of submission. Jesus said, Father, take this cup away from me, yet not my will, your will be done. Father, would you help our ladies? Would you help our wives? Father, would you help our potential wives? Lord, there are young ladies here that can be saved, not just from hell that is in the next life, but can be saved from hell in this life. Father, if they would only have an older woman come and put their arm around her and help her and teach her and show her, not just in word, but also in deed, what it means to be a drop dead gorgeous, godly woman. Father, would you take these principles and apply, only you can apply them to our heart. Me standing up here shouting and screaming and ranting and raving ain't going to do it, Lord. It's going to take a work of your spirit And Father, would you help us as men, help the men here who are husbands, Father, to help their wives with these issues. To help them. The wife is the help me, but Lord, we as men have a role to play in helping and supporting our wives. And one of the biggest ways, Lord, I know you're dealing with me on, Lord, is dwelling with my wife with understanding. Because I'm thick And I'm stupid so often, Lord, I I just want my own way. And I'm not, I'm not willing to compromise. When often, Lord, she can be right. And I'm wrong. Lord, would you help us, help men. To be like Jesus in that instant. And Lord, would you help us single men to help our single women Lord today's about the ladies Lord would you help our single ladies Lord to appreciate what it means to be in submission to Jesus and even here in the church Father what it means to be in submission to a team leader what it means to be in submission Father to second tier leadership here to be in obedience to the pastors Lord who fundamentally need to be in submission to you, Lord God. Will you help us to see that this is not about anything other than order. It's not about superiority. Lord, help us to have this healthy, healthy biblical balance so that we become, so so that, Lord, we will continue to grow and develop into a more healthy church. Lord, heal in Lewisham and and in Dulwich. Would you, would you help us, grow us, develop us? Because these roles are so important, Father. The distinctions, they need to be clarified and re, re-clarified. We need to define them and redefine them. Would you help us, Lord, as we try to do this? Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.